So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales, or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on but when it's like oh we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening it's like very different (laughs) and there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves greek gods and goddesses regency era historical fiction for you sam and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure new content is released every week so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again you can always find something new to explore dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction for listeners of the show dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up dipsystories.com slash just break up this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week we're going to tackle topics like being a hot mess, <laughs> meddling roommates, how to do a breakup, and daddy drama. <laughs> but first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning. That was like my 20s. <laughs> Uh, our Surgeon General's warning is that we don't know what we're talking about. No, we are not professionals. We were not trained in this. Uh, this is just our own opinions from our own life experiences and maybe a couple of self-help books that we read. Absolutely. All that Brene Brown that I've been reading. Yeah, how is that? It's how many great. pages are you in? Tell <laughs> like me. 25. There we go. There we go. Be honest <laughs> to the people. This is all to say we are just here to offer our humble advice to, to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So t- please take our advice as you see fit. Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode 38. 38. Holy moly. I know. We've been doing this for a long time. Not long enough. <laughs> And by that, I mean not forever. I'm like that, like, obsessive girlfriend. You know, I was like, don't you wish we were together when we were born? (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you have absolutely said that to someone. No, I have not. I'm rarely, I know. With sincerity. Literally, I'm the most clingy with you. (laughs) I'm not clingy in relationships unless somebody is being terrible to me and then they want to leave me. Oh, right. And then you're just like, no. Yeah, please don't leave me. Who am I if you don't torture me? Who am I without the pain of your existence? Seriously. Anyway, not professionals. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not. 
Okay, so we have a really fun check-in topic today. Yeah. And it's actually from a letter um, from Mary, who is writing to us from San Diego. And Mary writes, this is more of a check-in topic, but I, and I would slide into your DMs, but I've hashtag block, block, blocked all social media this year as a part of that head and heart work. So I'd love to know what's on your JBU playlist. Favorite mm-hmm. petty breakup songs? Opinions on Thank You Next? I want to know them all. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. I love this check-in topic. Sam, favorite? Well, let's first ask, like, do you have a relationship to music in breakups? Um, I do, but it's sad. <laughs> like, you love to listen to the sad songs that make yeah. you sad? Like, yeah. you love sad songs? Yes, for sure. Like, if I, whenever I had gone through a breakup previously, which hopefully won't happen again, Peter, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I would listen to, yeah, like, sad, sad songs and just like focus on them name one of them like dancing on my own which is like that's not a sad song has a very happy beat yeah but is itself a sad song like the words are very sad no no dancing on my so that's that's number one that's dancing on my own by robin (laughs) and that was on my petty breakup list because i think you can i think there's something so cathartic about sobbing on a dance floor (laughs) while dancing (laughs) yeah i mean stilettos and broken bottles she's spinning around in circles she's a hot mess on that dance floor (laughs) yes and she's just like going and she's like on my own yeah i actually love the breakup songs that are like empower sad yeah yeah for sure is that a genre yeah empower sad sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i remember going through like my big um my my first breakup with the an abuser or like Mm -hmm. so my first my first breakup that like shook everything i understood about the world other than like just getting my heart broken um i was really into bulletproof oh yeah great song by LaRue. what is it larue larue yep i just couldn't remember it um that one was like a you know an anthem like that's a good one. Yeah. I feel empowered when I hear totally. that song. Empower sad. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, when I broke up with him, the song that I listened to the most was... I'm just um, waiting. For, I'm waiting for something like super melodramatic, like um, the music of the night by the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> no, I mean, I listen to that on a daily basis, regardless of my relationship No, no, status. no. It would be Les Mis. It would be Les Mis. <laughs> yes. Do I listen to Les Mis? Uh, my All big, the time? Yes, yeah, I do. Constantly. Constantly. What have I done with what have, I done? <laughs> what have I done, sweet Jesus? What have I done? Um, so the what I went through. Wait, are you looking up? I'm looking it up because I want to get the song title right. Okay, so while you're looking that up, um, my most recent breakup, I was all about Lizzo. Oh yeah, and oh. the song "Truth Hurts." I love her so much. Breakup, petty breakup anthem of the century. Why men great till they gotta be great. Right, exactly. <laughs> I took a DNA test. Turns out, one hundred percent that bitch. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> um. But so that's a great song. Truth hurts by Lizzo. And then for like a pick me up breakup song. So that's like the petty one. Yeah. And then like the moving on breakup song by Lizzo is good as hell. So mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, I mean, pro Lizzo always is always, my feeling. <laughs> because she's all about self-love. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, like, that there's another lover in the horizons or in her DMs. But, yep. like, sh- she's going to, like, love herself in that morning, moment, love her body. Yep. Um, and in in the song Good As Hell, I love that it's, like, if he doesn't. If he doesn't love you anymore, if he don't love you anymore. Then walk your fine house out the door. Right. And that is <laughs> that was super fucking empowering for me, my last breakup, because I was like, why am I wallowing here when he when there's no love left here? Yeah. Like I could 
get really serious in this moment and be like, what an empowering statement. Like, I'm going to fucking leave because you don't love me. Yeah. You don't love me. So why would I cling to this anymore? That's and the song's like super upbeat and it's fun. So Lizzo all the way for me, last breakup. And then your breakup song from him. Oh, yeah. Was uh, Cosmic Love by Florence and the Machine, Ooh. which is like <laughs> the saddest song. <laughs> It's about how the stars and the moons have all been blown out and you've left me in the dark. Yeah, totally. Um, one more on my list is yeah. I had to look it up because I never actually like bought it or like, you know, sought it out super a lot. But like one time when I was going through a separation mm-hmm. from a situation ship, um, I was really into the James Bay song. Um, I'll be me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't know that song. I don't. Okay, so but I'll you, play. I do remember you playing it for me once. Yeah, and I was like, "This is the saddest fucking shit ever." Yeah. But what's what's nice about it is that it says like the whole the whole chorus is basically like, um, "You be you, and I'll be me." Like, let's mm-hmm. move on with our life. Like, we have to let go of our poison love. Yeah. And it's all about like, I'm gonna be me. You're gonna be you. Like, we're gonna move on. We just have to break ties with this, even though it's bittersweet. Yeah. And that's like pretty cathartic. For sure. Yeah. Anything else? I think there are so many out there. Skinny Love by Bon Iver. Oh, but I, I don't think that was ever, that was never like, I'm thinking more like sad breakup songs. Yeah. <laughs> songs that can make me cry in my car at night. <laughs> um, I also do love Thank You Next. So. Oh I yeah. Like... So opinions on Thank You Next. Such a great. It's a bop for sure. It is a bop. And you want to know why I love it the most is that I equate it to, I'm not even a huge Ariana fan. Like I, yeah. it's I don't dislike her. She's just not like. Um, I just don't like. I don't uh, seek her out. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I believe that there's head and heart work in that song. I think that there is totally because she's like processing the good and the bad and the ugly and the truthful and the, and 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 how what she needs to be accountable for. Yep. And she's turning inward. And to be honest, like we talk a lot about like moving on and and forgiveness and and the ultimate forgiveness is saying like this happened. I forgive you. I forgive myself. And I'm gonna move on. And I'm gonna love myself and sure. and and put the goodness into myself so that I can give it out That's right. better one day with a tiny bit of pettiness which yes, we also enjoy <laughs> <laughs> exactly thank you Ari all right let's get into our letters actually if y'all want to if oh, yeah, somebody wants to make a just break up Spotify playlist I would be on that you yeah. just have to include everything we just said and some lame is <laughs> And then, then people can add. Like, I wonder if you can do a community ad. I have no idea. I don't Maybe do people Spotify. on our Just Break Up Facebook page, our private Facebook group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you can make it. Somebody can make it in the, the Facebook group. If you want to add that, it's called Just Break Up Podcast Facebook group, I think. It's private, so you have to request to be added, but we'll approve you. And then that's where you can continue the conversations from the episode offline or technically online. Yeah. <laughs> um, but people also post... Uh, problems that they have in the relationship to get advice from community members they post funny memes it's a really great just break up community that's being fostered on facebook so yeah, it's awesome definitely check that out great all right so our first letter comes from js who's writing from brisbane australia said it right <laughs> i just gave him the, the rock on symbol because <laughs> he looked at me like uh it's like i've never been did to I australia say it right? brisbane hey sam and sierra 
Last year, I started seeing a wonderful man around January. When we started out, I told him I didn't want a relationship, but things progressed really nicely, and he asked me if I'd like to see where things went. I agreed, and we enjoyed a beautiful almost year together. In September, he went away for a month, and when he came back in October, things felt strange. I was having a hard time with work and study, and while he was away, he became quite cruel and took a tough love approach, urging me to get my shit together and stop being my own worst enemy when I struggled with my workload. He would then apologize for being too critical and promise to look out for me better in the future. Not long after he ended things, when I asked why, he cited that he I was unmotivated, undisciplined, and wasn't contributing equally to the relationship. One example that he gave me was, how many times have you stayed at my house a lot, and how many times have you cleaned up the bathroom? Zero. <laughs> Despite the fact that I would often cook him dinner, plan fun outings for us, and shower with him, shower him with love and affection. To be honest, I probably should have cleaned the bathroom, but I can't even remember the last time I cleaned my own. I took this breakup hard, but consider it an opportunity for self-reflection. Last month, he came back into my life telling me he couldn't stand not talking to me and that he wanted to be part of my life again. He said it was wrong to, he was wrong to leave and that the reasons he gave me for breaking up with me were silly and paled in comparison with how wonderful I was and how great our relationship was. I told him it was all or nothing. Commit to me or don't take up my energy. He said he'd like to get back together, so we took it slow and went on a few dates. After four dates, I said, so do you want it or you wanted to get back together? Question mark. And he told me he changed his mind. He said he didn't realize just how different we were and that all of the reasons he left me last year were still glaringly obvious. He said I he said he could see I was still struggling. I am not as organized as I'd like to be, and I'm not the most financially responsible person either. I'm also passionate and opinionated, sometimes to the point of being too much. I feel that these things I have always considered to be minor flaws to now be huge deal breakers and sources of frustration for any future partners I have. The fact is I know I'm a work in progress. I feel everyone is. I'm a creative, messy person. I've worked full-time for the last decade and am now in a field I really enjoy. I'm going back to teach all at my old university later this year and plan to travel to South America. These flaws caused me minor day-to-day -day fr frustration, but don't inhibit my ability to live my life. However, I still can't help but feel a sense of inadequacy and shame. I understand that everyone is different and that something that bothers one person, another will adore. I just can't shake the feeling that these issues will affect my next relationships mm. and that if I want the next one to work, I need to do some radical self-improvements. Would be keen to hear what you guys think, Jay. P.S. I adore the podcast. I feel like you two are my friends. Thanks for always injecting a healthy dose of love and understanding into what you do. It's incredibly wholesome and a joy to listen to. Oh, thanks so much, Jay. Uh, yeah. Let's dive into this. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a lot of themes here about shame. Mm -hmm. And um, we've talked in a couple episodes about like the fallacy of like dating above or below you. Yep. And like we've broken down the idea of like people who, I don't know, like have their lives together in mm -hmm. more typical ways. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. <clears throat> I'm really just struggling with the fact that you don't know when the last time you cleaned your bathroom was. <laughs> Sam is, you're not a neat freak. I'm not, which, and like. But Sam's struggling with that. Yeah, I really am struggling. <laughs> I appreciate your your transparency. My advice to you is to just clean your bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to give you way better advice than that, Jay. <laughs> 
Um, I think I was like, I was like uh, stumbling around the way to start the advice because really what I want to say is, oh my God, damn, do I relate to this letter so fucking much? And I don't want to impose my experience onto yeah. your experience, Jay, but um, I'll just speak from my experience. One, I've always been a little bit of like a hot mess. Yep. Um, I have always been a little bit less organized than I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to teach myself not to be messy when I was younger. I'm not anymore, but like it, it was something I had to like train myself to do. Yep. Um, I, uh, I'm an artist. I can be really passionate about things. I can be intense about projects. I can be intense about, um, uh, relationships. I can be intense about not doing the dishes. <laughs> um, and another huge thing is um, because I'm an artist and because uh, like I could throw around a million excuses like um, my, I grew up poor and I was never taught any fiscal responsibility or any yeah. fiscal liter- literacy. Like I was never taught the language of money or and savings and things like that. I've really struggled with finances um, for my whole life in, mm-hmm. up until recently. And that has been a huge source of shame for me. Not just in romantic relationships, but we equate people who have, quote unquote, have it together, who are on time all the time, um, who uh, are neat and who have jobs and who have savings as actual better people. Right. Than the people who don't have those things. Right. And that's what a capitalism does is that it will um, create a hierarchy of common people, Mm -hmm. no matter um, where they're coming, like no matter what the like the government situation is, right. like we are, we all have the same rights, quote unquote, you know, <laughs> yeah, side right. eye to every <laughs> oppression out there ever. Right. But um, the capitalism makes us think that the people who make more money or have um have have worked have pulled themselves up by their bootstraps or whatever bullshit that is, mm-hmm. um, are better people than the people who don't have fiscal um responsibility or savings or things like that. Right. Um, and that goes for mental health. People mm-hmm. who have to take off time from work because of their mental health issues. Like, there's lots of stigmas surrounding that. And for me, how that manifested in my relationship is that um in my one of my long in in my most healthy relationship of my life, um, I was with a man who uh, learned fiscal responsibility really young, who was very black and white when it came to um, savings and was very pragmatic and like and definitely like was so independent and could you know pay his bills on time and never got a parking ticket because he always put money in the meter. Meanwhile, me constantly getting parking tickets. <laughs> so be- many parking tickets. Because I'm like, oh, nobody's going to check it for the 20 minutes I'm in the store. Right. $45 later, you know. <laughs> I this is also just put the quarters in the meter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But the hot mess that I used to be would never carry around quarters. So I'm right, like, yeah. ah, fuck, do I, you know, like <clears throat> I just for a long time like some loved ones in my life would describe me as like a hurricane, mm-hmm. right? And um I think that Jake can, might be able to relate to that, just the the idea of like living intensely and living passionately and maybe spontaneously and maybe that creates a little bit of a mess in places that we don't want it to. For sure. And it'll definitely create shames. Like just last little tidbit about my relationship before we get back to Jay is that because my partner who loved me so much had a different understanding of money and and cleanliness and timeliness than I did. He, he felt like it created a terrible p- 
power dynamic in our relationship yeah. because he felt like he constantly had to clean up after me, take care of me, um, keep me on time, yep. pay, pay for my bills. You know, like, um, and I totally, I, he I did used to pick us up drunk a lot like he was constantly. sober and we were drunk constantly <laughs> like, be like, oh, but that's really coming. when I, that's when i learned his love language was yes, acts of service exactly <laughs> he did he loved doing that <laughs> um but i this is all to say like i empathize with him because it he wanted to do that that was like yep. a caretaking of him but it created a power dynamic in which we were not equal players in Absolutely. the relationship not just because of money but because um you know, he, he always felt responsible for me and I always felt like I was a burden and it it created a lot of tension and, and toxicity in our relationship. So, Jay, this is all to say, well, the one thing I want to get across is that I felt so much shame mm-hmm. about being a quote unquote hot mess for so many years yep. um, because I felt like I would just like you wrote in this letter. I felt like I would always carry this into every relationship. I would always be a burden yeah. or like... um. Oh man, great petty breakup song. Um, Fiona Apple, Paper Bag. Mm. Um, the chorus is all about like being. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> I I, I'm too like wired on adrenaline to like quote it well, but it's being like a messy, like a ha- hand to hold, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't want to clean up your mess. Yeah. Sorry, Fiona. I really love your writing. <laughs> but I was just always afraid that I would be. In all romantic relationships, I would be a mess somebody would clean up. For sure. And even if you're not messy, too, like people in relationships often use that as a way of control or manipulation or as a way to break up with you when they don't know how else to do it. Right. And like even I, who am like, I'm a neat-ish person, like I'm organized, I'm not necessarily neat, but like I clean my kitchen, I clean my bathroom weekly, like I do all of the things that adults are like when I was dating him. Like, he, there would be constantly be things that I wasn't doing in the right way. Right. Like, I didn't put the groceries away, like, next to, like, things belong together on the shelf. And, like, I should have just known that to be true. And, like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> uh, but it was an excuse also for him to feel better about himself by right. belittling me. And, right. like, that might also be happening with you, Jay. Yeah. Like, this might be a situation where he is feeling his own shame about... Uh, about what it means to be a quote unquote adult or or have it together, right? And is trying to impose that on you to make himself look better, right? And I think relationships are messy and confusing, and and people are messy and confusing, and our emotions are messy and confusing. So when somebody looks to like their own unhappiness, they mm-hmm. want to be able to point to something, yeah. They want to be able to say, oh, well, it's because she doesn't do her weight like around the house. Like she doesn't carry her weight when it comes to house chores. Or they want to say like, oh, she's unmotivated and I want to be with somebody who is motivated, whatever the fuck that means. (laughs) Right. But I constantly think about the dear sugar quote um, by Cheryl Strayed. It's Mm -hmm. like another relationship advice podcast that yes. no longer runs yep. and Cheryl Strayed once said like I, I'm paraphrasing this but like wanting to leave is enough mm. like wanting to leave a relationship is enough yep. and Jay this is this is the sad truth of this relationship I want to I want to talk about the hot messness mm-hmm. and like how to process that shame but I also just want to say like it's very obvious to me and Sam that this relationship is not meant to be yeah 
And sure. sometimes that is just the hardest truth, right? Yep. Because we put so much effort into other people and we put our hopes and our dreams and our vulnerability out there. And to me, he might not have liked those things about you, mm-hmm. but those things about you are not, those are just the the body that he gave his own discomfort. You know, mm-hmm. like he, yeah. he used those little things to, to justify saying like, I'm unhappy here. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that can be enough, right? Like you can say like, we're just not compatible in one way or another, mm-hmm. but, but I guess what I'm saying is he, it just seems like he was unhappy and he needed to give you a reason why. Yeah. And so he, he's pinpick, you know, he's, He's pulling out these things that right. are kind of hurtful. They are hurtful. Yeah. And they're they're also sort of ridiculous expectations too. Which was why I make it like this is why I feel like he's just looking for an excuse <clears throat> to break up with you. Mm-hmm. Um and like cuz like I Peter and I dated for like 3 years and I was at his over at his house like multiple times a week. I never cleaned his bathroom. <laughs> I know. That <laughs> Not is once I'm did glad I clean you his said bathroom. that because like uh, excuse me. <laughs> no, no, that's that's a weird expectation to have. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. Like Sierra said, he was for some reason unhappy and is putting that he and wants to put a label on that unhappiness by you not cleaning the bathroom for him, by you being messy, by you being unmotivated. Right. Yeah. It's it's not that you are doing it's not that these things are part of you that and that they are bad. Right. I think that. Yeah, they're part of you, and that's great. Like, we're all sort of messy. We're all less organized than we want to be. We're all a little bit later than we want to be all the time. Right. But yeah. those aren't necessarily bad things. And so I don't want you to look at those things and say, these are the reasons. I think that the reason was was that you were just in a relationship and you two weren't compatible together. Yeah, and he's just not meant for you. And, and I think this is a perfect case of maybe opposite love languages or yeah. misconstrued language, love languages. Um, but, like, let's stop focusing on him because this relationship is over. Yep. Um, like RIP, sorry for your loss, but we're here to celebrate you and all of the things that make you you and to big you up as who you are, Jay. Yep. Um, I do want to say that you are absolutely a work in progress. We are all works in progress. And I saw this great quote the other day. Um, of course, I don't remember who it was by. Maybe Pima <laughs> Chodron or whatever that like yogi person is. I don't know. Everyone out there is going to be screaming at me who knows this person because I'm being like offensively wrong by misquoting them but I, and it might not even be them but i saw the quote that was like basically like there is no before or after only during Mm -hmm. and i do like thinking about that in terms of we 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 like to have clean breaks or we like to have 100 percent fresh starts or whatever not not realizing that there's no there's no end in sight. Right. There's only a during. There's a con- the, the beginning and the end is birth and death, right? <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> and the rest of it is during. And so so we are all works in progress for the entirety of our lives. Right. And and your ex is a work in progress and you are a work in progress. And in terms of those things about yourself that you listed to us somewhat proudly and somewhat with shame and mm-hmm. fear and trepidation, like those are all things that make up who you are, that make you attractive to people, that that draw people to you. And girl, like from one like shining hot mess to another, and I mean <laughs> I mean that affectionately, like sometimes there are times that you need to work on yourself. Sometimes I think in the past 10 years of my life, I have had to learn that, like, sometimes love is cleaning the bathroom. Yep. Right. right. Yep. 
I agree with Sam totally that that is a bizarre expectation, but let's use it as a metaphor. But also you can show yourself love by cleaning your own bathroom. <laughs> um, let's use cleaning the bathroom as a metaphor. Like, you know, maybe it's like cleaning out your partner's car or making them dinner, which you did, or yep. um, doing things outside of the scope of what you think of naturally. Yep. That's love, right? Mm-hmm. Love is in the periphery so often like what love needs is not what we instantly think sometimes and so sometimes you do need to work on your on yourself or on bettering yourself but all of these things that you've listed are not flaws that you have they just are who you are in this moment right there's nothing to be ashamed of there's not you're not you're not coming into your next relationship being less than or like half a person or like something you have to make up for no you you're doing all this work for yourself like for for me the 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 dynamic that my partner and i struggled with in that relationship that i spoke about earlier Moving forward, I, I can't change any of that. I can't mm-hmm. f- make it up to him. I can't fix the past. I can't I can't suddenly make him feel less responsible for me. Yeah. And to be honest, Jay, I carried a lot of guilt around about that for a long time. I, f- I did feel like I had to make it up to him. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there was a day that came and and I hope this happens for you too when you when you realize like now the change needs to happen within you need to gift yourself the clean bathroom yep. you need to gift yourself like for me um out of that relationship I learned that I need to have fiscal more fiscal responsibility mm-hmm. so that I can be independent so yep. I'm not dependent on anyone else I yep. want to I want to have financial independence so that I can make choices over my life and choices over my money right. responsibly yep. and so from that relationship I've made a lot of different money choices Absolutely and I think that you are in an opportunity now as many of us are as we are all works in progress uh to to take a look and and take at a look at what is serving you and keep it and things that aren't serving you, you can let them go. Right. So if you want to be a more organized person, you can do that. You have that in you to be able to figure out how to be more organized. Right. If that is what you want. Right. And so there are like, if you don't want to clean the bathroom for the rest of your life, you don't have to. Right. <laughs> but if you want to. I'm Girl, I'm more of like a once a month girl. <laughs> so don't listen to Mr. Once a week over here. <laughs> but. You know, like, are you tired of walking into a dirty bathroom? Then you can clean it. That right? is, that's a great analogy of like um, that, that things can change. Right. Everything around you is malleable. Absolutely. And I think often we like we view some of the things about us as diagnoses yes. as opposed to like malleable things that we can change about ourselves. Totally. Of like, oh, I'm just a messy person. I can never put my clothes away. And right. it's like. No, actually, you you have the the capacity to do that. And if you want to be a less messy person, you can work on doing that. I right? love that. Um, and it's like it's the same stuff when we talk about Enneagram, when we talk about um, like Myers-Briggs, all styles. of that. All, yes, exactly. Like, I think often we're like, oh, I'm a type five. So that I, I'm just stuck. Here being, are all my flaws. <laughs> I'm yeah. just stuck being disengaged from the world and can never do anything. Right. And it's like. No, actually, there are healthy fives that do exist and are like recognize that they have a body and are able to connect with people in like a meaningful way. Totally. And and it's not that you're just a messy person or a person who's bad with money or a person who's late all the time or a person who is like really nitpicky and and yells at their partner about things that don't matter. Right. We all have the capacity. Shout out to your ex. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to myself. (laughs) (laughs) 
but we can we all have the capacity to grow from that self-awareness yeah. and not just sit in it. Yeah. The the one thing that I keep thinking of before we um, move on to the next letter is uh, my girlfriend um, works in climate change yeah. arena. Um, She's causing climate change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, good. Um, uh, and uh, we were just talking about like sustainability or mm. like green living or whatever. Right. And they just banned plastic bags in the state of New York. Mm-hmm. And um, she we, she was talking about how she taught herself how to use plastic or uh, um, reusable grocery bags. Yeah. Right. And here's this woman who's like dedicated her whole life to conservation and um, climate change prevention and green living. And she's like, oh, God, it's so hard. <laughs> And I and I like stopped and like kind of gasped at that because I think we put people on these false pedestals or we assume that what is really hard for us is really easy for other people. Oh, for sure. We assume that always. Right. Jay, nobody wants to clean their fucking bathroom. No, nobody wants to do it. it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I, I love what my girlfriend said is that, you know, it. She said that it took her about three months to really make a habit of it. And she still doesn't do it all the time. Yeah. But three months of this person who works, you know, yep. th- that her dedicated her whole life to to green living. Yep. And it is and it's hard for her because for sure. small change, you know, changes to our lifestyle, to the ease of plastic bags and is hard. Right. Yep. And I, I just wanted to leave that because it was comforting to me, the, the the living, breathing hot mess that I am. It was comforting to me that this person that I revere her dedication to her job so much yep. um, struggled doing this one simple thing for, you know, for sure. And that she still struggles, but she yep. chooses to show up for it. So, Jay, we hope that you accept all of yourself, see all of yourself, celebrate all of yourself. And if you see places in you that you want to not improve, but change. Yes. If you want to, if if there are parts of yourself that you want to change, then we give you all of the energy. We all give you all of the good stuff to make those changes in your life. Absolutely. We really believe in you. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. We love you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. Up next, we have a letter from Kat Cutchen, who is writing to us from Munchkinland. <laughs> Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm 19, and I'm renting a house with my boyfriend along with another couple, my two best friends, Emily, who is 21, and Chase, who is 20. I met the two of them through my old job several years back, introduced them, and shortly after, they got together. Honestly, it wasn't really my intention, but they've been together for almost a year now. I love them both to death, and even before they got together, I had a feeling if the relationship went south, it would be because Emily did something to hurt Chase. Oh. Emily has a tendency to text old friends with benefits. I've seen her and Chase has seen her and she never mentions it. She's gorgeous, constantly getting messages from guys on Snapchat and Instagram asking if she wants to hang out. And she jokes about it, but it obviously bothers Chase, mostly because she responds to those guys. My biggest red flag was this past week when she tells me she's going out. It was just the two of us at the house waiting for our guys to get off from work. I thought it was a little odd because she was dressed up, left the house at six and didn't come back until almost 11, right before Chase gets off of work. It was just very unlike her. She nonchalantly says something about visiting a girlfriend of hers, and I leave it alone. Lo and behold, 
Last night, a big fight broke out because Chase went through her phone. Apparently, that night she went to see a guy she used to sleep with, saying in writing things like, quote, I missed you and I can't get you out of my head, but no concrete evidence of cheating. She swore up and down that nothing happened. She only said that stuff to get cheap weed. I didn't even know about this until I asked Chase why he looked so upset and he broke down to me and told me. And then she even had the audacity to get mad at him for, quote, talking about their business. She apologized to him him for seeing that guy but she told him she's worried he'll be like quote just like her exes um because he went through her phone now he feels guilty i know it isn't my business but chase came from a shitty relationship where the kind of uh that kind of thing happened all the time and his ex did end up cheating on him emily has a good heart and i know she loves him but she doesn't know how to communicate she hides things because she quote doesn't want to get hurt him and she bottles up her feelings because she doesn't want to upset him and is just never completely honest and open i've told her before that yes everyone needs privacy but going out to see guys with Without telling your boyfriend isn't privacy. It's dishonest and sketchy. Honestly, if my boyfriend did something like that, I don't think I would give him a second chance. Tell me if I'm sticking my nose where it doesn't belong. Should I say something to her? Do you think she cheated? And what do I do if I find out she did or ever does? Any advice I can pass on to Chase? Any and all advice that is welcomed? And please, again, tell me if I'm being too nosy or parent-like. Anything is appreciated. All my love and many thanks, Cat. Cat. Number one, you're a good friend for you even are. writing this letter. Yeah, for sure. It's Number clear two, that you care about both Emily and Chase, which is great. Yeah. Do I think she cheated? I don't. <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah. Um. Does it, it? Let okay. I think the bigger point of the letter, Cat, <clears throat> is not whether or not she cheated, but what you should do. And before we dive into that, I want to comment on one thing, which is I do think, well, let's talk about how to support Emily, Mm -hmm. how to support Chase, and whether we think, what what should her, what should Kat's role be in this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Sam? Um, I think it's none of your business. (laughs) more real way to say that because that's like that's like slamming your face slamming the door in your face yeah I mean, and i don't think it's that and i don't think sam does either and it, it's it's really hard to live with friends right especially like to live with friends who are dating because like even though it's really not your business what's happening between totally. them you can't escape it because it's happening in your house right right so it can be um it can be really easy to get drawn into to stuff like that like roommate drama is like un Unlike any other drama in the world. <laughs> Add romance to that? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's insane. Um, like, I loved living with you and Peter over the yeah. summer for the month or however long I stayed with you. Um, but this I would get to... More than a month, for sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a month and a half. Tops. Two months, maybe. I think it was at least two. Okay. We can talk about this later. <laughs> but um, I just lost track of time because I had so much fun. That's right. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you petty bitch. <laughs> but what I was going to say is like, I don't think I could like share a house with you guys because I would get way too emotionally invested in your relationship. Like any fight, I'd be like, oh my God. And I'd be like burning candles and sage and like praying over rosary beads like made out of your hair. Right. <laughs> right. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which is why you don't live with us yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, Instead, I live in the black house of death. That's right. Across the street. Okay. Anyway, um... 
what's the soft way to say none of your business? Um, the, the soft way to say none of your business, Kat, is that truly at the end of the day, there is nothing you can do that will prevent any of this hurt for either of them. Absolutely. They are in this romantic, not a like, like social contract together. And they're the ones that are responsible for each other's lo- like wellness and hearts. Absolutely. You can do soft buffering. We can tell you how to support your friends in yep. different ways. And you're and that's that's why I led with that. Like you are obviously a great friend. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, you're gonna have to put your hands up and say, like, I cannot stop you from this. Absolutely. Right? You cannot protect them from whatever is going to unfold in their relationship. Yeah. And it's not just about them either. It's about, excuse me, it's about protecting yourself too, right? Because getting yourself involved in this could jeopardize for sure. Yeah, it's only going to hurt you. Like two people are already hurting. Yeah. And then you put yourself in it and then you just hurt yourself. And (laughs) don't get me wrong. Sam and I know that you're already hurting because you're worried. Like you're obviously, you said, is it like parent-like? And no, it's just a care, you're, you're obviously caring for your friends. Yes, absolutely. And emotions get sucked into that, but like the 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 diplomatic choice here is to is to approach this with like a um uh distance, like an x amount of distance. Absolutely. And uh, we mean that pretty strategically. Like yep. we want you all to be happy and healthy and whole and we want you to like help your friends and all that, but this is we we 100% say like stay at a safe distance from all of this because yep. you want to be able to preserve the fr- if something happens yep. you want to be able to preserve both the friendships like right. and and you can't stop this there's nothing you can do yep. um the small things you can do are creating vulnerability and trust between the two friendships independently and Absolutely. let's and let's tackle that like how would you support chase in this um yeah i mean i would Chase obviously needs someone to talk to about this. Like, yeah, this is a big a safe thing, space. right? To to go through to have to think that your girlfriend might be cheating on you, um, and I think that you absolutely. When I say none of your business, I don't mean like go in your room and close the door, right? You can still be a supportive friend for them, right. um, and you can listen to what Chase says, and you can you can offer him empathy for the things that he's feeling. I would say that you don't want to have a conversation with him about whether or not she cheated and like don't help him in that investigation um but you can be there to empathize because he's with doing that all on his own right and if and again it's none of your business <laughs> none yeah <laughs> so like but it but it is because it's like happening right next door it's like no absolutely but like her cheating on him and the getting to the bottom of that has nothing to do with you it doesn't Right. You're not in a relationship with I think my tender heart, like my She didn't betray heart. your trust by cheating on her totally. boyfriend, right? Like, it's none of your business. And, and just getting involved in that discussion is just going to yeah. bring more people into the the whirlpool that don't hurt. need to be there. Yeah, yeah. I think I, my tender heart, like, flinches at that <laughs> phrase. But that's just because, like, I'm just generally tender hearted. Yeah, I know. And... <laughs> That's why this dynamic works. <laughs> so I'm over here like, cat, no, it's No, it's and I'm the frigid business. asshole who's like, just leave. It's your business. <laughs> like whispering to her. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, um, the thing about Chase thing, Chase also is like, he is hurting and, and you can hurt from this. Like you can be bum, you can be disappointed in your friend. Yep. Right? Yep. Um. But I'm going to I'm going to shift to Emily for a second. A way to support Emily is to say 
is to hold her accountable. Yep. Just between you and her, though. Yep. Meaning, like, if I have ever overstepped my life or my life choices, mm-hmm. Sam has checked me one, not even one on one, but like with one little comment, and I'll be like, "Oh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta tighten up." Um, to Emily, you can say, "I love you unconditionally," meaning I do not care. At the end of the day, if you cheated on Chase, I love you as a flawed human who is messy and trying to figure out life and love. That is that is the best way you can support Emily, because I see myself in Emily, Kat. I see myself in that woman, that young woman who doesn't necessarily see what she's got, who doesn't know how to talk about it, who doesn't know how to deal with conflict, who doesn't know how to disappoint people, who might not know how to leave people, who really is hungry for affirmation and so fills herself with the affirmation of others instead of building herself up. I I see myself in that. And what I needed to know. What I learned from Sam and other great people in my life is that I am loved even if I fuck up. Yeah. I am loved even if I disappoint someone. Yep. I'm loved even if I break up with someone, right? Mm-hmm. And what Emily needs to know is that you will love her regardless, but that doesn't mean she won't have consequences. Right. You can say to her, like, hey, I know things have been happening with you. I know it's hard for you to talk about this. I want you to know you can talk about anything you want in front of me, and I will not judge you, mm-hmm. and I will not hold it against you. I will love you no matter what you say. However, you also need to know that keeping this inside, just like you said, I fucking loved your line about, like, um, privacy, like, sneaking around on your ex isn't privacy. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's the type of accountability I'm talking about. Like, show her the truth with love and tenderness. Mm -hmm. And as far as Chase, I I think that as much as you can empower him to talk about his feelings and to give his feelings weight, because it sounds like he's, like, suppressing them a lot. Like, I think it's super controlling that Emily, like, accused, threw it back into his face that he was, like, spreading your business. Like... That that is a consequence of sneaking around. Is that like your your significant other is gonna want to talk about it? That, that yep. is a consequence of her action. Yep. And she needs to accept that for sure. And so all you can do is that at a, at an arm's distance, yep. you can tell your two friends your truths, right? Yeah. But no more. I was gonna say meddling. It's not even meddling. Like you're no. not like a you're not like a nosy like neighbor who's like trying uh, go- no, trying to gossip. It's this is your around life. you. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't avoid it. It's not like you're trying to seek this out. Right. Which is why the which is why the barriers in the birth is so important. Right. Yeah. That's why you need to go in with your hands up and say. You can only get this. I'm only going to get this close to this because otherwise it will just consume you. Right. Because you are living with these people who are probably going to continue to fight about things like this. Yeah. Um, And if you become the person on whom they rely to arbitrate their arguments, then you will always be the arbitrator of their arguments. And you will you will get sick of those friendships real fast. Oh, yes. There is nothing worse (laughs) than being. The person that a couple calls upon to like to solve their disputes for them. Yes. Like it's awful. You don't want to do it. Yes. So just like we said, just be there for them individually and don't get involved with the argument itself. And at the end of the day, when you feel stressed, when you feel your heart wanting to go out them out there or when you want to like step in, just go to your room and like find that peace and be like, not all journeys can be mine. (laughs) 
Not all journeys can be mine. (laughs) Not all journeys can be mine. Like I cannot, I cannot walk this walk for you. I can just, I can be on the sidelines. I can cheer you on. I can try to direct you in the right way, but I'm not, I can't run this race for y'all. Like they're, 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 they're grownups. Like they're paying rent. Then they're grownups, yep. right? So um, they have to be accountable for that. And I, we love your heart. We love that you want to help. This oh, is absolutely. such a human instinct. Yep. But we want to keep you safe. And our biggest advice is to arms arms length, like keep some distance between you and that. Absolutely. And take care of yourself because that's stressful AF. Yeah, seriously. Nothing is worse than when your living situation <laughs> is full of stress. Oh, my God. I, that's why I do not miss my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh. All right. We love you, Kat. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. Good luck. Keep us posted. Absolutely. All right. Our next letter comes from Anonymous Anonymous, writing from Minneapolis, and then in parentheses, sadness. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Anonymous writes, I need help. I am feeling the most sad and anxious I have in my entire life. I was recently dumped. It is even hard to say that. My ex and I previously dated in college for a year, broke up because we are not And we broke up because we were not at the same maturity levels. He dumped me. We then had a year break and got back together a year ago. We both had great careers. And this time around, I felt more open and free to share my feelings. He isn't the best communicator with me or anyone. His mom knows this. He did show me he loved me in many ways, but I could never really pin down his love language. Mine is physical touch and words of affirmation. So we were great for a while because he was doing better at communicating and telling me what he appreciated about me. Four months ago, he said he wanted to live together when my lease was up. Great. We started planning, and then it really got real. He said that living together scared the shit out of him. I was hurt because I felt betrayed and lied to. I took a few days to myself and ignored all his texts. Finally, I called him because we had plans with his family that night, and he was being short on the phone saying stuff like, I don't know, maybe we should just call it off. Naturally, I said I'm coming over, and we started talking. At the start of that conversation, he said he wasn't sure if what he wants for his future is me. I basically begged him to give me another shot the whole time. He ultimately decided that he isn't sure if this is love and what his future is. He wants to be alone and single and have his face. Apparently, the few days without talking to him showed him that. I told him we can't have this whole back and forth. We break up today. It is over for good. Mm. He said that was the part that he was most scared about. Never in my life have I seen him cry until this day. I guess I have a million questions. One, we have so many ways that we need to detach. Calendar invites, returning items. Do I unfollow him on things? Two, I have met some great girls through his friends. Can I still be friends with them? Mm. We always go to the gym, shop, and get lunch together. Three, how do I keep my word and look back on him as a good person when all I want is for him to hold me and love me again? Four, part of me is scared he wanted to just let me down easy and didn't mean a word he said. I don't know. Maybe I just need help with this breakup because I feel like I will never find someone I love this much and I will never have this pain before. And I have never felt this pain before. It feels worse than death because he gets to keep living and I don't get to know him anymore. Mm. Sorry, I'm all over the place. I am clearly the biggest mess. That seems to be the theme of this episode is like personal hot messes (laughs) and people just like thinking that they're more fucked up than everyone else. And that's not true. Right. We are all struggling. (laughs) We're all working through something. And whatever you think is easy for someone else is hard for them. Or maybe it's easy, but like they struggle in the thing that you think is really easy. Right. Exactly. And the biggest truth is breakups suck for everyone. Oh, they do. So bad. Yeah. There's been like a couple letters that I've read over the past couple weeks in preparation for our episodes in which like it's just a standard 
this is a breakup and it sucks letter. <laughs> and I've included all of them <laughs> because I just feel like it's sometimes it's comforting to be reminded how universal some of our emotions or our human experiences are. Just like how hard it is yep. to be in love and then to be told that you can't have that love anymore. Absolutely. And, and the last line of your letter, Anonymous, just crushes me. The idea of like that he keeps on living, yep. but you don't get to know him. And I think that's just a quintessential breakup line. Absolutely. That yep. life goes on, love goes on without you. Seriously. And I think that that, um, that feeling of like knowing that you can't be together and yet still wanting to be together, still wanting to be with that person is like, don't prepare you for that when people talk about breakups. Oh but my that, God. that is, like that feeling is so distinct and it feels so like unnatural when you're in it. Right. The feeling of like, no, I just broke I just broke up with you, but and yet all I want to do is to be with you. <laughs> right. Totally. Uh, I it makes me think about like how what a like pile of trash high school is. <laughs> <laughs> the quote unquote best years of your life. Ha ha ha. Who's you no no. Oh my god, on the way here I drove past some teenagers and I just thought, Oh god, thank God I'm not in my teens anymore. <laughs> no offense to our teen listeners. Um I just like I love myself and my life so much more. Yeah. And I felt so much pressure to love my life then <laughs> and love True. myself then. Yep. Um, but anyway, high school, like I wish I could like create a new high school, like the Head and Heart High School brought to you by Just Breakup Podcast, <laughs> in which we learned fiscal responsibility yeah, and how to right. balance a checkbook and what credit is. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Just kidding, mom. You did it. You had nothing to do with that. I dug my own grave. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> and um, uh, how to what um what love is, what emotional abuse is, and yeah. how to recognize signs of that, and how to be like a responsible, kind, accountable human to your own emotions, For and sure. how the fuck to break up, and what <laughs> like I would teach like breakups one hundred and one and breakups three hundred. You know, like like the college level. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we we would get like a PhD in breakups for sure. Yeah, and then we could finally say we are <laughs> accredited to do this. Finally. Perfect. Perfect. Anyway, back to you anonymous. Yes. Okay, so going back to your questions about unpacking, we're going to we're going to answer each of them, right? Yep. Because I think I think the thing about breakups that feels so particularly painful and overwhelming is that it feels intangible, right? It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's like, "Oh my god, pain is everywhere. Triggers are everywhere. How am I going to keep going? How yep. is time going to pass?" And the truth is, it just does. Yep. Minute by minute, hour by hour, and the things that get painful get less painful slowly yep. and slowly over time. And you just deal with them. You just deal with the shit. So what's the first question? Like, un, um, yeah, we have so many ways untangling. to detach yeah. calendar invites, returning items. Do I follow? Do I unfollow him? Well, Sam, you want to take that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfollow. We've talked about this multiple times, but yeah. like social media is just a way for us often to prolong that feeling of pain. pain. Like, honestly, that's what it totally. is. Totally. And, and 50 that, years ago, did we have access to our exes like that? No. No, no we did not. Just, no. Did we have access to our ex's new girlfriend? <laughs> no. Not even close. No, Maybe like, through our mother's best friend, for Pam. Sure. Or like running into them at a restaurant or something. But right. like, it wasn't like... Oh, every day I get to look at photos of my ex and his new I honestly boyfriend. have caught myself doing that and I just thought, 
what in the fuck would my ancestors think of this? Yep. <laughs> like <laughs> that you're with, you know, or like my grandmother passed in January. And a couple of times I've thought like, is this the life my grandmother wanted me to live? <laughs> like sitting here looking at the Kardashians Instagram, you know, like. <laughs> wow. Way to place that shame on yourself. <laughs> Like you did, like, and pretend like it's your grandma. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I was like, thanks, Jima. I use that as an not shame way. I use that as an inspiring thing. Like, yeah. go out there and get life <laughs> instead of getting like skinny tea or whatever the fuck they're promoting. Oh, seriously, I know. Um, I had to unfollow all of them. Oh. I block, 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 block the Kardashians. God bless. God bless. It's a new day. Um, okay, so. The, the detaching, let's talk about it tangibly because I think, like, that's a huge, terrifying thing. Oh, for sure. And that's also what sucks about breakups, too, is that, like, now suddenly or you have divorces. a to-do list Oh, my God. Shout out to our people who are divorced. I know you're out there because you all write us wonderful letters about how you're going through the worst fucking thing in the, le- in the world, which yep. is a divorce. <laughs> and... The detangling, the detaching from that stuff is yeah. actually legal. Like it's it's yeah. binding. It's Lawyers houses and cars yeah. and money and that is a huge headache. And so uh shout out to everybody who's detangling right now or detaching. <laughs> um let's think about it. okay, so think about it like work. Yep. Write a to do list. Because that's right? honestly what it is. Yeah. It's just work. It's Sit down tasks and say, Okay, today is a day for me. Today is gonna be all about self care. And guess what, my friends out there in the ether? Self care doesn't always feel good. No, it doesn't. So just like therapy. It's not like therapy. You go and like sit in a bubble bath and have your, you know, like your therapist is Kenny G. You know, like. Oh, is that not your experience? <laughs> <laughs> but self care can feel really painful, just like therapy, like the unleashing of things. And yep. and so your day is going to be first. It's going to be struggle, and the second half of the day is going to be softness. And the first mm-hmm. half of your day is going to be the struggle, and you're going to make a list of all the things that you need to detach: Google ca- calendars, bank accounts. Blocking him on social media and text messages because you need this time to move on. It's not about, oh, what if he would text me? Don't even give yourself that opportunity because you need to commit your energy to the new life that you have without him because that's what's happening. And we know that hurts and we're going to talk about that hurt and we're going to comfort you and empower you. But right now we're talking about your future and your future is not with this person. Absolutely. So on that detaching list, what else would you put on there? Uh, you probably bought a bunch of stuff for your apartment that you were going to move in together. So like you can return all that. Yeah. And you can send him a bill. No, just kidding. Don't do that. Don't be petty like me. Um, yeah. And in that, like, also remember in breakups, like fairness is not the main thrust here. Right. No, so, and, like, and overextending yourself. Like, no, oh, absolutely. I feel like I need to give you this. Yeah. Or... I want to be so like no, poised and graceful and <laughs> diplomatic kidding. in my breakup. Right. right? Like, that's no. Like, that's like the, <laughs> it's like the last gasp of your self complacency, <laughs> yeah, you know, right? or, or like the, you're the last gift you're going to give him is being kind and gracious in this painful and heart wrenching time. No, you can just, you can be rude. For sure. Yep. Yeah, you don't owe him anything. You, you don't, don't owe him any comfort. You don't have to be diplomatic. Don't be mean. Like, don't right. go out of your way to make things awful for him. Right. But you don't have to make you don't have to make this easy. Your job for is him. not to make things easy right now. Right. Your job is to to do what you need to do and take care of yourself because he dumped you. Right. Um, other things on that list could be like um, key apartment keys. Yes. Or yep. money. Mm-hmm. Or you said thing returning items. Honestly, like. 
you know where I find like the most solace in my friendships is breakups. Is so I can be like, Sam, can you text this person and threaten to murder them? <laughs> I have never done that. Uh, you've thought about it though. <laughs> but you know, like uh, to be clear, I just yeah. don't want one of your exes to get mur- murdered, and then suddenly they're like, Sierra said Sam was going to do it. <laughs> Sam's really murdered that somehow this podcast is going to get sued. Like yes. the likelihood of somebody being like, he's, he's literally drunkenly said to me, like, I'm just afraid that like the nightly news will be like local podcast blamed in blank, blank, blank. You know, like, right. And that's Sam's paranoia at work, friends. Um, anyway, uh, ask your friend to drop off the stuff. You do not have to. Put yourself in a situation to see this person again. I want to stress that again. And you might want to because you want to be like, oh, my God, what if he just like throws himself at the foot of my my self-loathing and I crawl back to him? And I'm sorry, I'm triggered. You you do that thing where you like find a way to see them again and then you have sex with them. Yes. Okay. don't do that. But how real is that? Like, how many times have people, like, had the the one last gasp of a relationship? <laughs> yeah, let's just give this a go one more time. Yeah. But and let's then you're make laying it... and you're like, this is wrong. <laughs> right. But let's make it more complicated than yes, it was before. exactly. That's what I want to talk. That's what I want Just Break Up to highlight is just how idiotic all humans are in all romantic relationships. No, it's so We're like, true. oh my God, this breakup is the most painful thing ever. Let's fuck and yeah. make it even more confusing. Let's make sure that we can draw out the pain <laughs> and make it Because messier. you know the sex would be great because it's like all intense and painful and oh, absolutely. You know, like emotionally and my, charged you're and you're like, like you're like, you can this. totally put in my butt now that you dump me. <laughs> that will not be our episode title, but yes, it should it be. It should be. No, I'm not going to have a butt sex in our episode title. Anyway, um, Anonymous, I promise we respect your pain. We do. I think we're just like touching on the nerve that is the ridiculous <laughs> of this type of p- ridiculousness of this pain. Like it, yep. it's so dehumanizing to be dumped. No, seriously. Right? Like it's no, just it dehumanizing. Yep. And yet we do it again and again. <laughs> we just go back. Okay. Continuing. Um, his the 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 girls that you met through him totally can be your friends. Yep. But I will say this, I have to challenge you. You have to put yourself out there and mm-hmm. you have to be vulnerable and you have to say like, yeah, I, I, I think, and I'm interested in your opinion, but like, I think she should talk about the elephant in the room and say like, hey, so-and-so and I broke up. Um, I am still really interested in being your friend. Yep. I'm hoping we can get coffee or go to the gym together or something like that. Yeah. I think that's totally like I think normal. you have to I think you have to say it and and honestly anonymous like if you put yourself out there and be a little vulnerable to say like hey this happened I'm struggling but I really want to retain these friendships mm-hmm. like that might open the door to a deeper more meaningful friendship with these people absolutely and let's be honest they might say no let's like right let's make that clear totally that it's not it is not a guaranteed success. Right. But like if you value these relationships, then you have to display some vulnerability and you have to put yourself out there. And if they say no, it has nothing to do with you right. or the person you are or whether or not they like you. Right. It has to do with them and where they are in their life. Period. Absolutely. Their relationship with your ex and, and all of the different myriad ways in which people make decisions. So I say, yeah, absolutely. Send them a text and be like, hey, you know, I don't know if you heard, but we broke up. But I really appreciate you as a friend and would love to continue going to the gym with you if you would be comfortable with that. Right. I think that sounds super respectful. Good yeah. job, Sam. Um, third question. How do I keep my word and look back on him as a good person when all I want is for him to hold me and love me again? Guess what? 
<laughs> you don't have to do any of that. No. Nope. You don't have to do any of that. Um, you don't. What word are you keeping to who and to what? To the guy who dumped you? Right. And don't get me wrong, girl. Like, I, I know Sam and I are kind of going ham on this letter, but we haven't seen each other in a while and we're it's, just like feeling really no, hyper. It's crazy. Also, I feel like it's because we're talking to ourselves. Like, right. Us in breakups have done all of this. Have said this exact same thing. I have literally thing. sat on a patio with Sam, drinking mimosas, wearing sunglasses, because I was actively weeping. I mean, tears nonstop, just no, no crying, just active <laughs> leaking out of my eyes, like just yeah, streaming down my eyes. And Sam was like, he was so bad to you. And I was like, I know <laughs> I love him. <laughs> like, and that is the day that I had to hand Sam my phone so he would block him for me. I was, the first, I was patient him. zero for hashtag black, black, black. Like I, I was the first black, black, black patient. That's right. You were my, my trial run. I know. Yeah. And um, besides myself, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we relate to this pain. This, yep. and so we hope we're we're at least making you laugh <laughs> yeah, and feel some camaraderie <laughs> because this all sucks. But here's the thing: like, keep your word. Like, you can look back on their relationship in whatever you way you want. You owe him nothing. You owe yourself nothing except for moving forward. Yes, and and feeling the things you're going through. Don't try to be like. Like, yeah, you oh, don't he have just to feel good me, about something great, right. I mean, about something horrible. No, you don't have to be like, oh, he just dumped me, but he's such a good person inside. Like, no, no. Like, what you no, get no. to, <laughs> what you get to feel now, is that jerk just dumped me. Yeah. And you can be mad. You can right. be sad. You can still love him. You can feel all of the things. You don't have to take away what you're going through to preserve him. Right. In your mind or because you gave him some sort of word that you will think of him fondly. Like, leave that for future you to figure out. Like, right. right now, you just feel your feelings and you process through them. Right. And future you can be all zen and namaste <laughs> right. and, and fucking, like, peace, peace be unto you. Uh-huh. And you can say to yourself, I loved him and he loved me and now we're moving forward. Yep. That's where you find peace is acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's all... That's all you need to do to look back. Like, yep. you don't need to paint it any other color than what it was. Yep. And finally, your fear that he just wanted to let you down easy and didn't mean a word he said. Honestly, girl, welcome to breakups. Okay. Like, that That type of self—I I don't mean that in a diminishing way. Like, yeah. that type of mental work, the gymnastics that we put ourselves to, the emotional turmoil and labor that we do after somebody tells us— they're, that they don't want to be with us anymore, we find 50 more ways to hurt ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Because that's what's happening right now. He said, I don't want to be with you. And he gave you a list of reasons and he cried and he and you guys had those intimate moments. And now you are taking that pain and you are adding more pain to it. You are, you are essentially self-harming yourself again and again with more ways to feel terrible about this. Absolutely. And it's not... It's not because you are a bad person or that you hate yourself. Like this is a very normal thing that we do in these situations is that we continue to find ways to make ourselves hurt because there's there is something exquisite in that pain. Like it is a pain unlike any other. Right. And it and it's like it's like a drug too. like you can get like in that space and like only know that pain and only want that pain because you think it's the only thing that you deserve right Right. now. Um. And so, yeah, I mean, don't 
continue to beat yourself up or find ways for you to hurt more, right? This is the time where you get to take care of yourself. Feel all of the things that you're feeling. Feel that pain. But also, don't let him have any more hold over you. Right. I have a challenge for you, Anonymous. And, you know, on this podcast, we say my favorite thing, which is head and heart work. And Mm -hmm. that came from... Me talking about my breakup in the very first couple episodes of Just Breakup and yep. Head and Heart Work, the phrase that we so often return to, where that came from is the realization I had in my most recent breakup, which that, yes, heartbreak is so much in your heart, mm-hmm. but moving on from it is in your head and your heart, like yeah. that it can be a mental exercise. Yep. It, it it's not just we we associate love so much with our intuitive emotions, with our heart, with our feeling center. But moving on from love, it's not about pragmatic pragmatism. Yep. Um, it's about saying, here are the flaws in that relationship that we had. Here are all the great things. Here are the facts. Yep. He said he didn't want to be with me, and I'm never. I'm not going to return to a place where I'm unwanted. Yep. I. I. It, there's a, a a beautiful line of poetry by Sharon Olds that says it is forbidden to love where you are not loved. Mm. And and really living that type, that realization, really really allowing yourself to move on is a mental practice. It is. In my last breakup, I had to wake up and think, yes, do I miss him? Yes. Do I miss the way he smells? Yes. Do I do I want to hear his voice? Yes. But is that good for me? No. I right. had to tell my heart no. My my brain had to take over and I had to say fo- like I had to stay focused on what was healthy and good yep. for me. Yep. And I had to I had to look at the facts. The facts were he didn't want to be with me. And the facts were I knew I could find better love somewhere else. Yeah. And that's the truth anonymous. Yep. Like I challenge you to take to feel all these feelings, to 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 allow yourself to sit in this, to acknowledge what a traumatizing, beautiful, archaic experience it is to be in love and to be to have your heart broken. But I also want to challenge you to engage in your in your head, your smarts. Now you you yep. are powerful. Your mind is powerful, and you can you can nurture your heart out of this pain. Yep, absolutely. Great. We love you. We're with you. Thank you so much for writing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also, I just want to say that <laughs> uh, watching The Bachelor has confirmed my understanding that we all like break up in very similar ways. Tell me everything. Uh, so specifically, I'm thinking of when uh, Becca, when Ari chose Becca and then broke up with her like in an uncut like six, 60 minute conversation to go pick the other girl that he said no to originally. And they like they filmed the whole breakup and it was like it was like looking in a mirror of like how I have broken up with people. And like mm. they would like talk and then she was like shocked and then she started crying and then she like walked away and he like went after her and she's like, don't follow me. But then he like turned and walked and then she like came back out to re-engage. I was like, 
I thought that this was just me that I like right. had so much trouble totally. with breaking up with people. And it's like, oh no. Okay, everyone else is struggling with it. Breaking too. up with people <laughs> is awful. It's horrible. Yeah. Being broken worst. up with is awful. Yeah. And we tell people to do it every week. <laughs> every Monday, friends. <laughs> Name of this podcast. Do awful things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sometimes when I tell people about our podcast, like, I don't think they get that, like, we don't just say that. No. I say, I'm like, it's called Just Break Up. It's very tongue in cheek. <laughs> I say it's affectionately titled Just Break Up. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our last letter. This letter is from Peachy Peach, who is writing to us from Toronto, Canada. Peachy writes, who told me to have kids with a trash can? <laughs> No one did. You did that to yourself, girl. (laughs) You got us out the gate, girl. All right. Y'all can call me Peachy because that's how I've been feeling since I left my pigeon stool of an ex. (laughs) My therapist is on vacay, so I figured why not hit you guys up since I see you as my virtual homies. I'm super blessed to be a proud mom of seven-month-old twins. I love them like no other. However, their father is a whole dump of a messed up. We had a very toxic, abusive, and unhealthy relationship. Long story short, I finally decided to leave him during my pregnancy because enough was enough and there was a lot of non-negotiables that he committed. This wasn't easy given that I knew if I left him, he would not help me out with our children in any way. I knew this because I discovered he's a douche, and he told me straight up that if I ever left him, I'd be by myself in this. What a lame I know. I decided that it was best for me and my children to leave and struggle without him instead of raising my kids in a toxic environment. I grew up in a household full of violence and abuse, and that's not what I want for my babies. I'm currently pursuing full custody legally, even though he isn't interested in being a dad. I'm afraid he would try to get custody just to spite me. I don't want my children to be around him, given that he's emotionally unstable, and if he doesn't get his way, he throws a temper tantrum, like a child, only way worse. On Christmas Eve, he was angry, and I wouldn't let him in my home. So this lunatic broke my kitchen windows with his hands. Oh, my God. Yeah. Needless to say, I did call the cops and press charges. Here's where my question comes in. What will I tell my children when they're old enough to ask where he is? I've been contemplating this since I was pregnant, and I've come up with a few thoughts. I've narrowed it down to three. He's in jail, dead, or institutionalized. (laughs) What do y'all think? I can picture talking to my therapist about this, and I know she would first chuckle, we're cool like that, and I can picture, uh, and then say, quote, let's explore this, and then we'd have to talk it out um, for as many sessions as needed. I don't really know how I'm going to navigate this, in addition to raising biracial children, he's white, I'm black, which I have no experience in. Holler at me with your thoughts, words of wisdom and chuckles, please. Thanks in advance, and if you're ever in Toronto, we can grab coffee at Tim's. Peace and love, Peachy. Love it. Peachy, we love you so much. We're going to fly to Toronto just to hang out with you and your beautiful babies. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's tackle this. I think we first want to say neither of us are parents. Nope. Um, yeah, and I think that's just the number one accountability thing is that we're sure, wildly unqualified for this. <laughs> like this, one, this one is like, we definitely cannot comment on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I want to answer this one because I think it's a great letter and Peachy's funny AF. Yeah. Um, and true, like I, I'm, I know people have experienced this. Uh, just because we don't have children um, doesn't mean children are a huge part of relationships and sure. love. Yep. You know, um, for so many people out there. And uh, yeah, so 
Peachy, um, here's my unqualified opinion. Right. Uh, first, I want to say I think a lot of this is going to not sort itself out sounds a little too passive, you know, but a lot of this is going to reveal itself to you as you parent. Yep. Like your instincts are good. Your motherhood instincts are good. Mm-hmm. And you obviously love these babies and you made the right choice separating from their father. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Like, I don't give a fuck about paternity. I really don't. I would. I, I don't. I oh got the men's rights activists on 4chan are going to start. <laughs> I just mean plastering like, our photos everywhere. Good. I, I'll, I'll make sure to like wear a nice shirt. Um, I just mean that I have often seen families stay together for the sake of blood yeah. And and quote unquote family yep. and for parents to stay in a terrible, abusive, unhappy uh, marriage yep. just to have a quote unquote whole family. When in reality, like children born out of wedlock, children born to single parents, children in divorced families are just as legitimate and and healthy and fine and grow up fine yep. or or I should say grow up just as fucked up as the rest of us. <laughs> there we go. You know? that's, that's it. <laughs> um. And I, I, that's what I mean by I don't give a fuck about paternity is that, like, I, I'm I'm here about having healthy people, yep. having healthy babies. Yeah. I don't care if they're in a partnership or whatever. Right. Um, and I think Peachy knows that she did the right thing yeah, or else sure. she wouldn't be able to make such a funny letter out of it. <laughs> um, but, Peachy, the one thing I want to say and, and what I've experienced with children, I'm not a mother, but I have um, a couple nieces and nephews or a singular nephew. And... Um, I'm going to do a little long-winded story to get to my point. Um, But my eldest niece is 12, and my sister and her partner um, had my niece, Livia, uh, 12 years ago. And Livia is a product of, like, at-home fertilization. Oh, yeah. Like, typical turkey baster style. (laughs) Um, Is that really how they do it? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like with a a, a, with a medical medical syringe. tool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so, um, uh, Livia's birth father is um, my sister in law's best friend from high school. Oh, and so Livia grew up with same sex parents, mm-hmm. and um, Livia could tell you as young as four or five. Um, who her parents were and who her uncle Matt was. Mm. Uncle Matt was a sperm donor, and she would say, "This is Uncle Matt. He is my biological father." Mm-hmm. She could tell you that at five years old, yep. because at five years old, young kids ask questions like, "Where do babies come from?" And to a same-sex couple, you have to say, "Well, um, mommy and mama needed to to make a baby. You need something from a woman and a man." Yep. And mama and Mommy needed something from a man, so we got it from Uncle Matt, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's how you explain it to a five-year-old. And when Livy got older, she, (laughs) when she learned about sex, like, as an 11-year-old, I think in school they started doing some biology or whatever, Liv came up to my sister and said, "Uh, did did you and Uncle Matt (laughs) have sex? You know, it's like when she's in that stage of like S-E-X, you know, Uh, and my sister said, no, that would be inappropriate because Mama um, and I are in a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to say to Peachy is that my sister told me that when it comes to kids and sex, that you, you only answer what they ask. Yep. 
No more, no less. It's not like you go into... They they ask what they can handle. Yeah. And so my sister didn't say, no, you were made, you know, you were shot into me <laughs> with a syringe. She <laughs> said, no. She answered the question. We didn't have sex. That would have been inappropriate. Mm-hmm. My, my niece went away for a couple hours, permeated with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Came back a couple hours later, like, all sly and was like, so how was I made then? Right. Like she uh-huh. she took it in, processed it, came back when she was ready and asked my sister how she was made. She, my sister explained it. And Livy said, oh, I always thought I was made in a Petri dish. <laughs> cute, right? <laughs> that is cute. OK, so Peachy, back to you. This is all to say um, that I would go by a couple rules. Um, one, I would answer the questions your children ask. Yep. No more no less, and you only give them the information that they need to know. Mm-hmm. And that might be a hard pill to swallow when we're talking about abuse, when we're talking about like their father and we grow up in a society in which like all households have these, you know, or like all children's books have a mommy and a daddy character yep. or whatever. Um, but you're going to save yourself a lot of backtracking by telling the truth. Yep. The number one thing I would not do is make up a, a lie. Yeah. Like make up a story that you have to unpack years later. Yep. Because that's going to incite a, a large amount of betrayal, um, like a sense of instability. Yep. You know, if you say like, oh, daddy was like a rock star Martian that like, right. you know, or whatever people yep. say. Um, that kids are so smart and so intuitive and we don't give them enough credit, I think, mm-hmm. as a society that they can they can process what they are given. Yep. Truly. They might not understand it in their core, right? But but you can you, Peachy, can establish the the knowns of your child's life. Yep. And it it's a really tricky conversation. Um, but I would just say to answer questions directly and clearly, again, telling them know more than they ask. Absolutely. Um, and to be honest, in preparation for this letter, Peachy, I like practiced it because it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to tell a child that you want to protect from the dark things in the world about the dark things in the world. Yep. That's that's what this question is about. Yep. It's like, how do you talk about difficult things to young children? Mm-hmm. And here's where I'm going to connect it to a broader topic, which is... Our patron saint, Brene Brown, <laughs> who is, who, who. I thought de- her patron saint was Jennifer Garner. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. Well, we have many. We pray to many. Um, but Brene Brown, who, who is a researcher of shame, talks about how difficult it is for young children to constantly hear that they are so good. Oh, my God, that drawing is so perfect. You are such an angel. We love you so much. You can do anything you want. You mm-hmm. you as a, telling children that they can do anything they want, that they can be good at anything they want, is a terrifying and impossible standard to set in a young person's mind. This is why millennials are all so fucked up. <laughs> right. And Brene Brown says the better thing to tell your child than they're perfect and lovable and, and 
unflawed is to tell them the truth, which is that they are hardwired for failure, Mm -hmm. that they are flawed and that they are lovable and loving despite that, because of that. And I think the work that we're trying to do on this podcast is to shed more light on this idea that we are all just trying Mm -hmm. to barely get by in whatever messy, magical way we are this week. That That right. is humanity. And that humanity starts as children. Yeah. And Peachy, you will know this as you continue your journey as a, into motherhood, but that you will want to keep things from your children. Look up the poem Good Bones by Maggie Smith. It's all about trying to keep the the world from your children, but also trying to sell them the world, right? right? We're trying to show them that this world is beautiful, despite all the bad things we know about it, mm-hmm. right? And and so you're going to have to walk that line of, of, of the real world versus the world you want your children to believe in. Absolutely. But I really think that there is a way that you can speak to your children about their father that is truthful to your experience, to who he is, to the world, and still gives them a chance to explore it, yep. to explore themselves, to to keep them safe. And and the biggest thing, Peachy, is that they're going to love and trust you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be their world, yep. right? They might go to school on Father's Day and feel something, but they're going to have a loving mother yep. who gives them what they need. And, and that's what they're going to know. They're right. not going to know the absence of a father until the world shows them that. Absolutely. And and that's when you can say, I, I mean, when I was practicing what to say, Peachy, I said like, like, you know, the, your daddy and, and your mom had a relationship and daddy wasn't always nice to mom. Mm-hmm. And you know from your storybooks, right, that sometimes people are good and some people are bad or sometimes people are hurting. Mm-hmm. So they do bad things or, or they want something and, and maybe they break a rule to get what they want. Yep. Well, daddy didn't always follow the rules. He wasn't always nice to mama. And um, and he's and I wouldn't even know if I would use the word daddy. Right. Like, let me yep. erase that. Right. Yeah. Um, Mommy, mommy got something from a man to make a baby, right? (laughs) You know, Um, but that man um, didn't want to, couldn't stay like, and, and, and mommy wanted to protect you from him Mm -hmm. because that's the truth. At the end of the day, they will want to know more about the fact that you protected them than about this person who's never going to be in their life or has never been. For sure. And I think that we, especially, you know, people who are parenting also think are always like, what is the right way to do this thing? Like, what is the way that can prevent my, my child, childhood's trauma Yeah, from having trauma? And the, the reality is like children go through trauma, right? right? Um, you know, like it's going to, I, I, I'm guessing that it's going to be hard for the twins to hear that their daddy was mean, like that right. their father was mean and that he can't be there anymore. Right. Like that's going to, it's just a hard thing. But the thing is, is that that's a hard thing that you have no control over. Right. Right. All you can do is continue to show up for them every day. Uh, you know, give them the love that you can and and try your best to make right. these two kids into into adults that that you can be proud of, that you can find joy in. Right. And I and there's going to be no perfect way to do that. And there's going to be no no person arrives at adulthood unscathed. Right. And so 
But you can do things. You can talk to them in ways that are kind and that answer their questions. You can help them by getting them therapy when they're children mm-hmm. as well. After after learning about sort of where their father is, can yeah, you as children do that? too? Right. I want to stress that I think that people don't think of counseling as something for yep. children, and I I think that's an hugely important resource. Right. Can you enlist your therapist to help you tell them this story, right? And then and then see them through some like the the ramifications of that. Um, there's a there's a multitude of options and resources available to you. And Sierra and I just want you to know, Peachy, that you are going to make the right decision with the tools and resources that you have available to you, to right. them. You are not going to fuck them up because of what you have said. The world is just fucked up and they're going to get fucked up because of it. Boom. <laughs> right. Boom. And I mean that in not a like and not in a nihilistic way. Right. I'm not trying to be dismissive. I'm just saying that we that that humans go through trauma and become who they are because of that trauma. Yes. Your kids are going to go through trauma because of this or because of something else or because you forgot to pick them up one day or like whatever it is. Um and that you can't place on yourself the expectation that you are going to usher them into adulthood without ever anything bad ever happening right. to them. Exactly. It's just an unreal ex- ex- unrealistic expectation for you and also sets up a false sense of self in them, right? Like we need to be talking to our kids about how bad things happen, that mental health is a real thing, that that yeah, your dad's not around and you're probably going through some feelings because of that. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's get that out in the open. Let's have that space to have those very brave conversations so that we can teach our kids and the next generation to be more honest and be more open and do the head and heart work so we can have the world be a better place. That's, I mean, that's the truth. That's that's why Sam Michael and I... Michael Jackson. Not Michael Jackson. We hate him now. <laughs> yeah, he's canceled. <laughs> I just saw Sam go completely white. He was like, oh, God. Okay, yeah. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, no, he's canceled now. I'm um, sorry. But, uh, yeah, I, it's true. It's Sam and I do this every week because we feel like in a small way we are contributing to the world that we want to live in. And yep. Peachy, we know that you are contributing to the world you want your children to live in. Absolutely. We love you. We believe in you. Please send us pictures of these babies. <laughs> Please. Right. Um, we love you. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of the episode. Every episode, we want to shout out something that we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with... It's a podcast called Invisibilia. Ooh. Um, it's currently in its fifth season right now, um, so it's been out for a while, but um, I've been listening to the fifth season, and it's so good. So Tell it's about... about- it. The, the theme of it is that they, in each episode, they talk about the unseen forces that that uh, move us and move society. So mm-hmm. um, one of the episodes this season was about pain uh, and the way in which uh, people react to pain uh, and and how we have become so pain averse in that we are constantly always trying to treat pain and make sure no one is in pain, that that people are now experiencing just normal sensations as pain. Oh my god. And how do you how do you like train the brain to recognize sensation as sensation and not as pain? Which Fascinating. is like super interesting. Um and then one that I'm actually listening to right now is about attraction and how we think of attraction as being this um this like animal urge inside of us, but it is actually very, very much shaped by our understanding of oh my ourselves God, I heard and others. About this. Yeah, because it's and the way that they talk about it is that like 
people claim that they don't want to date people of different races because it's just a preference. Like they can't, it's not something they control. It's about their attraction. Yeah. But really it's about a racist society telling us stories about people of different races and us acting that out in something that we think is completely innate in us. Yeah. So super interesting stuff. It's like, I've been actually listening to it a lot and thinking about the ways in which what they're talking about applies to relationships and the stuff that we talk about totally. on this podcast. Um, and so I thought it was a great connection to make between between them and us. And so check them out. They've, they're awesome. They're Invisibilia. My, uh, this American Life. Um, but the, the show is called Invisibilia. Awesome. Can't wait to check it out. Thank you so much for listening, y'all. You can like us on Facebook and you can f- uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, importantly, importantly <laughs> you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our awesome Just Break Up merchandise. Thank you so much to everybody who's purchased merchandise over the past month. Yeah. Will you please, please tag me in selfies <laughs> of this merchandise? It makes me so happy. Yes, please And we do. can post it online if you consent to that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. We were just talking before we started recording about how amazing all of your reviews have been. Oh my been. God, they live Legit make me cry. Seriously, they're so good. Um, and consider uh, uh, supporting us on Patreon. If you support us for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's a weekly episode for $5 a month. Patreon.com slash Just Break Up Pod. Oh, my God. And right now we are in the middle of if, if you sign up, you get access to every extra episode we've ever posted. Yeah. And we started this back. We started a Patreon back in December. Mm-hmm. And um, this uh, right now, we're in the middle of doing a session breaking down every love language. Oh, yeah. And guess what? I took the love language quiz that we told all of our Patreon <laughs> listeners to take, and my love languages were different than I thought they were. <laughs> we'll talk about that on the Patreon episode. Ooh, Check it out teaser. for $5 a month. <laughs> little teaser. <laughs> That's uh, what they call me. <laughs> uh, all of your support. Uh, helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you might be going through a hard time right now. Maybe you were just dumped. Maybe you're having a hard conversation or a hard decision is approaching you in the horizon. But what you don't need right now is to feel ashamed for being human. What you don't need in the midst of this wild struggle is to feel ashamed about what everyone else goes through. We are all human. We're our, we are messy, glorious things <laughs> that are just stumbling through this universe. And we're all trying and failing and falling down and trying to get back up again, but probably tripping on our coattails and falling back down. Um, yeah, it's all a struggle, but you're doing a good job. And what you don't need right now is to be the anti-cheerleader for yourself. What you don't need right now is the shame and disappointment that you feel from everywhere else coming from in you, from within you. So right now, do yourself a favor, pick yourself up just a little in your heart and know that you're trying the best that you can in this moment. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>